everybody welcome to the 318th edition of the holy backboard podcast i am dustin here in rip city and i got my man sage just uh got done playing nba 2k it's been a full week since your boys picked up the sticks and uh i'm i i, I played like on i played like a 6-8 andre miller I, no shooting but boy, howdy, I was driving to the hoop with reckless abandon. You can call me Josh Hart the way I was trying to dunk over two or three people. But uh, I won more than I lost, and I was very, very ran the offense and would look to pass out of shots. So, it was, you know, it's good to get back at the 2K swing of things. But I feel like your Christmas and your, your you know, Christmas activities and, you know, days after Christmas are much more entertaining than mine. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's been a wild God, it's 10 days, you know, you go into the hospital on the 19th, baby's born on the 20th. I'm like bawling. Uh, it's just like what what they say is true. It's the most incredible moment. And then we're in the hospital for a few days. Um, and of course, our release day is on Friday, the ice storm day. So I am outside. I've got a 2002 Nissan Sentra. That car is a rock like i will ride and die with that car it's got me through a lot of sticky situations but that thing is just frozen over so i am out there for an hour with an old cd case i found and a best buy credit card and i'm just out there chipping away i I get that we're good we're about two blocks from the house and the freezing rain picks up again and so i'm having to kind of like go super slow but like keep keep my head out the window and like okay here's where i gotta go um my, my key for driving in this weather just always keep moving you got to keep the momentum going so you know if there's a red light but there's nobody else around just keep going through like you don't want to get stuck in that snow and ice but we made it and then of course it was christmas and christmas eve and that had you know good times but also a ton of uh drama <laughs> i bet uh, you and, Money, and my drama was worse than yours. <laughs> and uh, now it's, uh, you know, taking care of a taking care of a newborn and trying to find time to, to watch uh, basketball. But that doesn't always happen. So if you're looking for like a super analytical or great breakdown of the Portland Trailblazers, uh, you might just want to skip this episode. This is this episode's all about the vibes, like to, to be honest, like this. This is just how it's going to be. You can pick up bits and pieces of a game, but uh we're always I, here for you. I'm. I. I saw the the first OKC game. The the. <laughs> then I saw the second half of the second. I, OKC. I did see the first OKC game. We left in the fourth quarter and we're listening to it on the radio. And then we're in the parking lot, and Olga's like, "Okay, you can finish listening, and then we'll go in because we had a scheduled uh, induction time." Well, we missed a shot. I think that was when Josh Hart ran into Damian Lillard. <laughs> And I was like, they fouled Jalen Williams. Like, okay, it's over. Well, apparently he only made one. Dame had a shot, but then SGA hit the game winner. So I had no idea. I just assumed they had lost. But um, that um, was, you that know, was since, a- since it's a new change of life. So sometimes I've been involved in in music for a long time, and sometimes I sing par I, I sing or show Dustin parodies of things i see in the game so since it's a new change of life for you i'm gonna do the my two favorites uh stop drop stand up and watch damon ant dribble the rock whoa whoa that's how the blazers roll and then the second one because i uh i don't know why that josh hart turnover inspired (laughs) me to start writing I'm so mean. <laughs> I had a bad Christmas, everybody. So forgive me. But Dustin's having fun. I got to find that what I actually said. But this is this is definitely not your most analytical holy backboard. But I'm having fun with it. Uh, nobody colder, straight line roller like Josh Hart when he caused that turnover. <laughs> I'm glad. A. I'm sorry for interrupting your. Uh, your flow 
but I felt like I, no. I at least needed to do the Josh Hart turnover line. It's, the the Blazers are definitely in 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 a rut right now. I, I think we all can 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 agree with that. Um, just a really terrible road trip, going two and four when they it, they really needed to go four and two. Um, you know, after they beat the Pelicans in New Orleans without Lillard on November tenth, they were six games over five hundred. They are now nine and thirteen over the last twenty two. And they're sub 500 with Damian Lillard back in the lineup. Um, that, to me, that that's a big enough sample size for me to hit that that panic button. Getting swept in OKC, they had no business doing that. Um, I what what what's missing, Sage, or are as Herm Edwards said, the Blazers who we we thought they were or was that Danny Green? It was one of the two. Oh, I think it was. I think it was the it was the Arizona coach. The, the Bears are who we thought they were. Danny Green, yeah, after yeah. Monday night, yep. yeah. My favorite one is playoffs. It that that one's the guy, the greatest. But I mean, I feel like we we have the capability to play twenty four minutes of good basketball, but I don't know if we can go the full forty eight. But I mean, with, with the Hornets game, I thought that. We couldn't stop them in the first half. And I know like numbers are saying that it was closer than it actually was, but there was like 12 minutes where the Hornets just could get anything they wanted. If LaMelo wanted to shoot a three, he got it. If you wanted to drive it into the paint, he got it. And then whatever happened in at halftime, they actually started playing defense. But I don't know if that's going to come every game like that that type of effort isn't going to be there there was there was circumstances why they had to play well with the dame the dame piece afterwards so like i felt like they were extra motivated and i mean i mean like use of nurkic hitting all those shots jeremy grant being that constant was very helpful but i I felt like they at least played really good defense you know at, at that in the second half of the hornet game but in those other six games of the road trip there wasn't really that any real chance of playing actually good lockdown defense and i i think that we we can score but we can't give up points and bunches the entire game so i i think that we just did not bring our hard hat mentality to playing defense this entire road trip in like you said we know the blazers can score they have trouble defending teams so they're going to have to outscore their opponents a lot of the times to get victories and one thing that that i've noticed is um when you're playing a small backcourt you're going to be at a disadvantage defensively you have to hope they can carry the torch offensively however they have not been able to do that you know especially anthony simons over these past four games has not eclipsed the 20 uh, point mark once um he has not shot better than 44 percent from the field uh he's just not what portland needs from him for for what they're they're paying him for for the role they're giving him um we've seen him have big nights he had 45 in utah to carry them in that victory he had that magnificent quarter against the denver nuggets um in like the fourth or fifth game of the season I think the problem that I'm that that we have all expected is you're getting these memorable moments, but for the most part, the the bulk of the meal is 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 lacking a little bit. You only get a couple of pops of flavor here and mm-hmm. there, and consistency is what I think is the biggest issue right now with the Blazers. And it's not just Anthony Simons. Dame has not been the same. Dame has he had one like. I don't want to say, tr- but good game has yet because it, it's been like eight days since we've done. No, probably more, but like 10 days since we podcasted. So it's like all these games are jumbled together, but I felt like he didn't really he didn't really have a, a ceiling game. It was more like, you know, the the floor of what he produces and maybe like a, a median game. I don't th- think there was any. Um, real- I got, he, in Denver, he was nice. Thirty four, eight and seven on. Damn, that's been. <laughs> Plus fifty percent shooting. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I'm give... just. Th- are you talking about the road trip, right? Yeah, just you know, okay. since we last recorded. I mean, Denver was the second to last game we played. Like, there's just been a bit of a break. 
Damn. Yeah, it's been a kind of island. <laughs> okay, not plus 50% shooting, but he was 10 of 22, which you'll take any, any day of the week. I, I think the, the problem for the Blazers, obviously consistency, they need to figure out how... They have to figure out how to how to share the sugar and do it without crushing crushing egos. Like I, I get it, Anthony is is new. He's got the contract and he's like basically the CJ replacement. But we've seen with Damon CJ that that pairing it has its limitations. The Blazers I think are going to hit their ceiling or a higher ceiling if they find ways to involve Yusuf Nurkic and Jeremy Grant. Like Yusuf Nurkic on this team cannot be the fourth option. Uh, And that's why I think we've both been advocating for the staggering of Dame and Ant minutes, because in an ideal world, it would be Dame, Jeremy, Yusuf. And then when Dame goes off, it would be Ant, Jeremy and Yusuf. Like you would have your quote unquote big three, but your guards would basically take turns when you have the guards on the court at the same time. It just drops Jeremy and Yusuf down the pecking order. And I think unless both of those guards are on absolute heaters, you're not getting the quality of look. Um, in Ant's case, you're not getting to the line and you're not getting that ball movement, whereas Yusuf is a good playmaker. Jeremy's a good cutter. It, it, it just doesn't it just feels like we're seeing the same the same show. Like we've seen this. I feel like Ant's just I know that we talked a lot about CJ in the last eight years about him not being the the best playmaker because he was like I feel like his role was you're going to try and score a lot of points. You're a shooting guard, but I mean, you put him in that box, but I don't think that Ant has that natural vision that CJ does. And I, I, I don't think that he's going to ever develop like the natural playmaking vision that CJ McCollum has. But what makes me have a little bit of faith in him is like when it's alert, like it's like a scheduled read, he'll make it, but he's not going to give you any like, you know, improvisational assists. It's all like a direct, like it's like classical music, like everything's scripted. And I feel like CJ McCollum gave you like jazz or freestyle hip hop, where it was like he he could he could say he, he could do whatever he wanted because he had the skill set. I feel like Ant is kind of in that Jordan pool where they do their offensive thing, but they need to have the scripted offense for them to look like a playmaker. That's kind of what I've. I've realized it is like when he makes that quick decision, it's good. But if it's a, an elongated decision-making process, it's like, man, that that's like he, what he did would be probably like the third on the list of things. Chauncey Billups wanted on that individual play. So I, I can't really put it all on, on, a on, uh, on ant. For, no, it's, it's you know, not yeah. all on ant. No, no. Dame shares some of, of that, that load as well. Uh, the team as a whole has, I think hits and misses. I mean, part of me is like, okay, this is a, a lot of turnover, a lot of change, like give them time. Other part of me is like, dog, the, the West, as as we thought, is still a little down, whether it's load management or injuries or other teams underperforming. The Blazers need to be better than where they at right now. Right? They're 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 18 and 16. And I know you you can tell me the Blazers are two games out of a home court advantage. That is a fact. There's a lot of parity. But in but but inside in my heart, they're they're not a home court advantage team. Like they are not one of the four best teams in the Western Conference. So they're further away than what the actual games tell me. But they still should be better record-wise. Like I keep going back and looking at the 2010 Blazers. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because they had a ton of injuries. Um, that was the Nate McMillan coach team. He tore his Achilles playing in practice because of so many players were hurt during that was this season. the mutiny year or no, before? they lost Greg Oden uh, against the Houston Rockets for like the in the 10th game of the year. Uh, Brandon Roy missed 17 games. They lost Joel Persbilla, who re-injured himself in the in the shower that year. They were they were giving 40 year old Juwan Howard starting minutes. Uh, Second-year players, Jeff Ayers, a.k.a. Jeff Pendergraf. Second-year, Dante Cunningham. Second-year, Patty Mills. All second-round picks were getting legitimate minutes. Like, this team was put together by 
you know, sticky tack and gum with a young LaMarcus Aldridge, Marcus Camby, old-ass Marcus Camby, and old-ass Andre Miller, yet they still found a way to win 50 games. If we, if this Blazer team would win 50 games, we would throw a parade I would for be them. psyched. I would be psyched. And this Blazer team is, is young. It has some star potential. It has really solid NBA talent. It is a better roster than what Nate McMillan had in 2010. This current Blazer team is missing something, and it's not Gary Payton II. He is he he will help, but he is not. He's it's not going to make everything magically better. This team, obviously, they're missing some size. I think clearly they're missing some depth. They're they're the Nasir Little injury has not done any any anyone any favors, but I just feel like they're missing just they're missing some scrap. They're missing some grit. I um, think so as well. Like I, I don't think they're not playing hard, but th- that 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 Blazers team in 2010, like they just clawed and fought. Like it was a second year Batum. It was the year before they got Wesley Matthews. I mean, they, they just they were going all out. Like it just it's hard to explain. Maybe they're missing a little bit more leadership. You know, Dame can only do so much. Um, it's well, who's the second adult? Is I is Yusuf? I feel like he likes the big brother thing, but I don't know if he likes. I don't the know group if he's a leader. Like, I think Jeremy's a little quiet. I, I don't. It's Anthony is quiet. Anthony, yeah. mouse. Like there, there is no veteran dog. Like they, they don't. For a team that supposedly loves to have like these dog like type players, like I, I don't think there's an Ed Davis. There's not a Buck Williams. There's not that. Even a Udonis Haslam. Like for the they, they don't have that mm-hmm. OG in the locker room that's going to keep these these players accountable. Um, and I, I just think they're missing. There's given the schedule, given the losses, some of the bad losses they've had, especially not being able to protect home court. Even if they're not the third best team in the Western Conference age, record wise, they probably should be with all of these games that they're just giving away. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Oklahoma, both Oklahoma City games, both, or... both OKC games, the Clipper game at home. I mean, there's been there's been others. I feel like defensively, we just d- haven't shown consistent effort since like the beginning of the year. It's really just been inconsistent. When we go zone, the concepts that that zone is based on, they just don't follow through. Like, don't get let the point guard go through the middle. And I, I just think positionality, I don't want to say they're not trying hard, but it's like they're just not in the right space to even make an attempt at at a defensive play. And then when they do make that defensive play, I, I feel like Yusuf is our only legitimate helper. So like when the the zone or the man defense fails, it's on Yusuf to cover. And then he doesn't get that the the cover of his man at all. So like the the guard that let it through doesn't go forward to the center to like at least try and stop the ball. So Yusuf goes up, the guard just doesn't, isn't in the play. So it's a two on one with Yusuf having his back to the offensive player. So it's an easy dunk off the dump off pass. I think that the Blazers need to just cut everything out on their defensive strategies and just start from the most basic. You can help on a play, but you have to be 100% sure you're going to go right back to the guy sitting at the corner. So, like, I uh, we have a friend, Stu, who is a high school basketball coach. And I was telling him, like, you can s- start basic with your defense and then build on successes. I don't think that we can really say we've had success in the defensive uh, field because we just really haven't. And then when we do have that rare win defensively, I feel like we're understaffed at getting rebounds because if Yusuf Nurkic has to help, who's getting that board? Jeremy Grant, I feel like is one of the one of the more bad rebounders at the four. Jer- uh, Josh Hart is absolutely willing, but Josh Hart in a standstill grab the rebound thing versus three, two or three bigs, it's not happening. So I, I think the bad defense mixed with bad rebounding is going to be the biggest bugaboo for this entire season until we get more help or learn how to help each other. I think rebounding is going to be the, one of the big things that we have to keep an eye on. 
I also think fatigue is kicking in. You've got a coach who is riding his starters 38, 39, 40 minutes every game on a consistent basis. So obviously you have to take plays off. You can't play full mm-hmm. on 100% maximum effort on offense and defense and, and expect and expect that to work. Like I, I think like it's the Blazers are already losing basketball games. So I, I don't know why there is not more of a willingness to pour into the bench, to try to develop them, give them some time. If they, if they, if they mess up, who cares? The starters are already doing that. They're already messing up. Like it's like an eight man rotation right now. right? It's just, it's like, it's, you know, the Western conference finals and yeah, you've cut your rotation significantly down. Like it's December. I have no idea the thought process or strategy that's going into this coaching staff's mind because it's it's the definition of insanity because they're trying the same thing over and over again and getting the same exact results. Like this team, we're we're trying to rise up the standings, but the way they are riding the 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 starters, there's not going to be. It's like a, a marathon. There's not going to be no kick at the end uh, of, of that you know no. that last mile. They're going to be the ones kind of sucking wind and getting passed by teams. So if this coaching staff doesn't learn from their mistakes. It's going to be a long, cold winter in in the Rose City, and Portland could be on the outside looking into the playoffs just because they've ran their players into the ground. And I, I know that our beloved boy Shaden Sharp isn't. I feel like he finally just lost his spot in the rotation, which might I add has really killed my interest in watching Blazer games. Yusuf Nurkic is the only person that provides me joy. Like Dame, off like, but Dame's yeah. Dame's awesome but like the growth of yusuf is like the really the thing that's like making me intrigued about this team shin sharp with all the unlimited unlimited potential was like the other thing but now that he's completely cut out of the rotation it's like what's providing me joy in watching them play basketball and like learning and developing is yusuf like dame's already at you know a peak yusuf is learning how to shoot and you know like He's learning how to move like he's seven foot, 300 pounds. And the way he moves like a ballerina, like to find the open spot is really interesting for me to watch. But like, you know, I enjoy Keon, but he doesn't provide me joy. But like with shade and gone, it's just like, okay, I know exactly what they're doing. Not only literally on the, the court with his athleticism, but you're watching a young player develop right in front of our eyes the blazers so desperately wanted to tank they only won two games after the all-star break their reward for that tank was shade and sharp so now you're telling me you're not even going to play him like Mm -hmm. the fans have to watch a mediocre product and you're not even going to develop our our stud rookie like it's i know what drew eubanks is going to be exactly i know what trendon wofford is going to be injustice you you know what they're going to be i mean and I like I know Justice is supposed to bring that dog, but he hasn't brought that that killer's mentality of like I'm out hustling you all the time. And we we have seen on this team dogs like Wesley Matthews had a fire that could not be like no one had a bigger fire in their bellies for this game. So to to see, I know what like Wesley Matthews was the apple of my eye on that Blazers team to see like us just not being in the right area is kind of like, damn, I know that we were advertised. This team was advertised as a bunch of dogs, but I'm like, damn, they're not even in position to actually make this play is what they're saying. They're dogs. Is it Fugazi? Like, you know, is is it a fake diamond or is it a real diamond? I really don't know. I know that we haven't played a lot together, but there's like effort things that you can do to make instead of being the 28th worst defense, you're the 24th or, you know, something like that. Like find something that four or five players are good at and master that, that would make it go from, we're just a complete sieve defensively to we're a mediocre team. So I, I just, I feel like we just need to destroy everything defensively and build it back. You know, like we, we have the four walls. Let's build this. So it's sustainably built. Agree with your takes defensively, offensively. I I just want to see the shot distribution uh, more more spread uh, equally across 
Are we just talking about the four? Yeah. Okay. Dame, Ant, uh, Jeremy, and, and Yusuf. I think the Charlotte game is a prime example of why that needs to happen. You have Jeremy and Yusuf combining to shoot 12 of 31 for 50 points or 60 points. Excuse me. They got 60 points on 12, 20 of, of 31. It's almost 67% shooting. Dame and Ant, 11 of 33 for 35 points. 35 points on 33 shots. They still took two more shots than, than Jeremy and, and Yusuf. There, there needs to be, I don't know if this is the coach. I don't know if it's Damon Ant. They need to kind of roll back themselves and say, I don't have it. We need to get others involved because you're not, and I saw this at the end of the that first OKC game. The Blazers had that game. They mm-hmm. just decided, no, we're gonna we're gonna find Dame and we're gonna try to get him that record, regardless of trying to. They, they played for the record rather than winning that game. Yep. The shot selection and I love Dame, but he does have a tendency, quick three or just like pull up from like forty feet. And it's like, I, yes, you've made that shot, but you've it's got a, bad a dominant. Shot. You've got a really good big in Yusuf. Jeremy can get a bucket. Like, let's just if if. If you want to work for a three-point shot, that's fine. But make the defense work. Put pressure on them. Make them break. Don't just bend them a bit. Make them break. And I think when you attempt those threes from 40 feet, even if they go in, the defense is breathing a sigh of relief because that's, that's you know, you just, you let, te- you even if it's Steph, you let them shoot 38, you know, foot, foot jumpers. If it goes in, you tip your hat and you move on. But what really will stress a defense is when you work that ball around, get to the free throw line, make them play for 24 seconds. So, again, I'm not trying to rag on Dame and Ant, but they're clear. What what has worked clearly isn't working anymore. Like you have other options really at all three levels on the on the court offensively to to get to get a bucket. It it should need to be distributed better. Like if, if this team wants to truly unlock their potential. You need to feed Jeremy and Yusuf because there's been too many times this year where they both looked invisible because they're not getting the ball. Yeah, and I, I think that that that's always been the case with with a Damian Lillard team where, like, of course he's gonna be the ultimate decision maker. Like, we're we're playing him like forty plus million dollars to do that. But the, I think that he's, you know, it it, it can't, can't bez case. Kent Bazemore or Evan Turner. It's Jeremy Grant, who at one point in time looked like a lock for an all-star bid. Still the best big he's played with since Lamarcus Aldridge. Oh, easily. He he's the only decision decision making big he's had that can work with him in, in such a long time. So I he definitely has the talent around him to take that usage job, but like he's like a 90th percentile playmaker now so it's a lot of stress on him so i think i think the the i judge how he's feeling by his drives per game if he's not driving he's not bending that defense really he's taking a long shot or you know like it's it's not a good quality shot when he's driving and trying to make an impact on what you know the 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 defense he's driving in the hole getting to the free throw line and and getting others involved by like driving and dishing for that open shot or, you know, creating an open shot by driving to the lane and dishing. So I I don't know what Dame's health status is right now with him just taking that, taking that slightly contested jumper instead of trying to use his gravity in a positive light and uh, trying to make a play. So, you know, it, it, it it's tough. It, it really is. So to to see like Dame not play as well as he, I we know he can, especially this year, we've seen some amazing Dame games, and then seeing Yusuf and and Jeremy Grant being taken out of the offense because of the guards' high usage rate. And like if if, if Yusuf and Jeremy are taking a haircut, could you imagine how much Josh Hart's not getting the ball? And then you know we're we're running guys that need to be put in spaces or in places to uh potentially you know make that impact so it's a tough thing offensively and yeah i get our big four is going to be you know the the decision makers and this the shot takers but i i I, you know 
I feel like though our, our our bigs need to get a little bit more love. And you saw what happens when, you know, like I was telling my older brother, like this 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 Hornet team so bad at defending bigs that like they give players that are bigs like a six point buffer than the rest of the league. And he's like, "Do you think Chauncey knows that?" I was like, "If I know it, Chauncey better know this." And then for the first half, I felt like Nurk didn't get get the love, and then you know Jeremy was the only one actually like trying during that first half and then in the second half you know that that explosion happened but it, it was because we dominated from inside so I, I i that that paint touches thing like if we get to the paint it forces somebody to react and then it creates easier stuff for everybody else so it, it's uh just a, just, a, just a mid-show feed <laughs> i know i'm like god damn can i say the same can i say the same similar thing a few times <laughs> so I have a question for you and AJ can absolutely be part of this question, but at, is there a point in the season where you're hoping that we can get the, get that draft pick? I think it's, I think you're somewhat at that point right now. And I say that where you're, I don't think you're blatantly rooting for, for losses, but you have to start viewing a loss now as okay. It, it gets us closer to that spot. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think all-star break, like the Blazers definitely you want them, you want them to be in the if they're in the top six, that's fantastic. You take that, you mm-hmm. take that all day. But if they're like have a date with Denver or New Orleans or Phoenix, like in a seven game series, like as a seven or eight seed. Like I won't shed a tear if they lose in the play-in. I mean, that's kind of how I'm viewing it. And it obviously it would be different if they had their draft pick. But if they obviously from the Larry Nance trade, if they if they make the playoffs, that's gone. And you don't want to give up a teens pick mm-hmm. for Larry Nance. Like you could that 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 pick could be traded. It could be kept and built with the you know Shaden and Keon and Jabari and, and Trendon and all of the young players. Like it's one of the last avenues of roster enhancement that the Blazers have and so you know obviously the the organization is going to go full steam ahead for the playoffs but if to me it's looking like they're faltering down the stretch and it's a bit of a lost cause I I think long term it's always going to be better to get a lottery pick rather than you know out in four or five games in the first round like I was really excited with how the team started this season and was like not even thinking about the draft Mm. like i said nine and 13 over their last 22 games has me thinking like we 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 need we need more talent and we we've discussed multiple times on the show how do the blazers get better there's not an answer you internal development's the only way so all-star break are you thinking about like like if they keep in this rate where they're just dropping? Are you starting to watch college basketball again? Or are you? Well, when, having, when is the college basketball born, divide? Like, when, like that's really what I'm thinking. When, when no, I, the, I would still watch the Blazers, obviously, absolutely. Um, it's probably been more YouTube to be honest. Like, gotta watch. Like, I think Matthew loves ball does a great job of showing. You're not gonna you're not gonna do the long full game series uh from from uh Draftaholic, I think. I, I don't I don't know if I've got maybe I mean we'll you see. got a kid, I get it, I get it. You have a kid. I, but I definitely mean, definitely March Madness. I mean we'll watch. Obviously, with it's a little bit different though, with like Wembenyama and Scoot not in traditional collegiate mm. atmospheres. I think the Thompson twins as well are not in traditional they're, I believe they're in overtime. Yeah, yeah and I'm not about to watch overtime elite, but like, I, I, can't. I, I like, don't even least... get what it is really. Yeah. Like, but, I mean, there's if... still some really good players. Like I, I we're not going to get Nick Smith, but you know, like I, I honestly, I'm looking at tankathon right now. My favorite, like my favorite player in college basketball right now is named Terrence Shannon jr. I think you probably have watched him play. He was at Texas tech for three years, transferred to Illinois. Like he was a slashing guy. But he developed his dribble move, which developed his shot. Now he's like shooting forty percent, and is like a national player of the year candidate. And I'm like, oh, if, if we could get Terrence Shannon, he's actually a dog. He plays in a Texas Tech scheme, but he doesn't make Texas Tech mistakes playing at Illinois. 
So yeah, that's my favorite guy. And then Jairus Walker, I don't think we'd be bad enough to get him, but you know, I feel like he's like the draft is so the thing I love about the, the trajectory of the sport of basketball is the talent level just continues to Mm -hmm. rise. I mean, you're seeing statistics from Luca and Jokic and Giannis that I would have never imagined as a kid growing up. And the players are only getting bigger and stronger and quicker and more talented. And you're finding better draft classes and deeper Mm -hmm. draft classes. Like the draft isn't a dud after the lotto anymore. Like no, Terrence Shannon's rated 30th in tank. Look at Memphis. They found a, I think a projected all-star in the next coming years in Desmond Bain Mm -hmm. for 30. They've got their dog and Dylan Brooks in the second round. Like they've, they've figured it out. Like, you don't need to have all of these high draft picks, but what you do have to have, you have to have a pick, right? You have to be able to, to pick the player that you want um, and have that, that opportunity because of past mistakes. Portland is, you know, might be on the outside looking in of having said, said opportunity. I, I feel like college and high school ball is only getting better. And honestly, I just don't see a guy on our team right now that can guard Anthony Edwards and can guard. I mean, no one could guard Jokic, but like, there's a lot of wings in this in this NBA. It's all based on wing playmakers. I don't think we have a guy that absolutely can do like can stop Anthony Edwards right now. So, you know, like this this th- what we have built with the Blazers just isn't complete. So it's it, it, it's it's tough because there's such a glaring there's such glaring holes of lack of three point shooting, lack of bigs, lack of dogs. So. But before we get into the week's slate of games, um, well, I, I, I'm curious on your thoughts about Damian becoming Portland's all-time leading scorer. Um, I don't know if I'm cynical or I'm, I'm just not sure. I, I guess because Dame is, is so great, like I haven't taken him for granted, but I just always assumed he was going to become that all-time leading scorer. And so, like, when it happened, I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, sure. Um, do you, did you feel like it was a, obviously it is a big moment because he is um, number one, but I guess I, I'm not a records guy. Like I'm a experience or moments like Dame hitting the shot against OKC. Like mm. give me that 18 times, you know, out of 18, rather, you know, rather than the record. but. I, I guess I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to take Dame for granted and that, that record will probably stand maybe for my lifetime. So I I'm aware of the historical context, but maybe it's because they lost. That, that definitely is a damper on. Maybe it's because the, of the way they're playing right now that, that has, but yeah, I just, I was just like, that, that's cool. I think what they did with like not rushing the ceremony was cool. And like, it made me happy Dame is part of the the culture of Portland and played on the team for so long. But I felt like I personally didn't like it's great that he has a record, but I, I, I guess because I haven't been a fan of the Blazers for as long as you have. So I didn't really get to see like the only time I watched Clyde Drexler was, you know, like when I was five, when he was on the Houston Rockets or, you know, on our when we did throwback Thursdays, like that was my experience with Drexler. And I didn't really have it with Roy because I was obsessed with Chris Paul. So, you know, Dame, it, it, he's my goat. So that, I mean, but I didn't really have my time with all the, these other players. So that record was less important to me as a, a fan than I'm sure a lot of other people. I'm glad that he has it, but it's for me, it was like, uh, that's great. But, you know, I, I hope the package and, what happens when he plays at home is 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 good and motivating and all that stuff and having him speak and not like have a, like root sports dropping commercials and shit like that is great fuck root sports by the way they suck but um you know it's late when i'm saying fuck for no reason but you know like I, you you mentioned clyde and i think part of the reason why i'm like not as like excited about this record is like it, it it feels like whenever something good happens to someone people 
tend to put someone else down to prop someone else up. There, I, I get it. I think some Blazer fans have have an inferiority complex, whether it's with the city of Seattle or with the Lakers. Uh, I'm guilty of that as well. But it feels like because Clyde didn't make his home in Portland because he went home to Houston, he won a ring there. Now he works for that organization because Clyde's not the ambassador that that Porter or Brian Grant or you know Jerome Kersey were. Like for some reason, he gets knocked for not being a trailblazer and i just think it's it, it, asinine drexler put it all on the line for nine and a half seasons 11 and a half i mean he, he basically played 11 and a half seasons of portland two finals appearances dream team played both ways i mean he he it's great when you have a superstar like dame who basically embraces the city like blaze port portlanders and oregonians have a sense of pride in where they live I, I i do as well so when someone comes from the outside and finds joy in something that you find joy in you feel there's there's an acceptance there's a okay there's a special bond and i think dame definitely has that and i think that's fantastic but when you're looking at a, a player, it should also be what they're doing on the court. And Clyde gave it all on his court, on the court, every time he stepped out there. Like he averaged basically 27, 8 and 8 for an entire 1992 playoff run that went six games in the finals against the, the Jordan Bulls. Like that, he, but I think because of how he left, Blazer fans can't remove that and see the accomplishments that he actually had while wearing the mm -hmm. uniform. And, uh, you know, anecdotally, I, I waited hours to meet him when I was seven years old. And when I got up in the line, like he, he was there a long time, like undivided attention, super joyful, you know, you know, looked me in the eye and, you know, basically, you know, talked to me for a little bit. And I will carry that memory with me for, for my lifetime. And, that that's that's what matters you know i i understand he's from houston like it's okay that's his home yeah exactly there's a huge there's a huge culture shock coming from the south to to the northwest i feel like oakland and portland are in similar worlds culturally and like it's not that much of a culture shock from going to portland to oakland but when you go from the the south to oregon it's a culture shock and he has family in in texas he was born in new orleans like he has history with the south so and he has history with hakeem olajuwon too so it's not like you know he played with one of his best friends so i i don't know also i you know i was when did he leave 95 i was four years he old. he was traded by the way too he was traded he didn't just leave did he request i dude i have no idea how Clyde left so it might have been but by that time that that era had had run its course so it did what was the package for him getting back uh terrible it was Otis Thorpe in a first round pick and Otis Thorpe played half a season I get that I get that uh when you trade a superstar and get Otis Thorpe, or you trade a superstar and you get Speedy Claxton and old ass Dale Davis. People, I, dude, I'm 31, so it like I remember when we trade Baron Davis for Speedy Claxton and Dale Davis, and Dale Davis didn't want to play. I was fucking furious with Baron Davis. I like there's a podcast I love called The Champs, and I'm 31. It's my favorite podcast ever. I've never listened to the Baron Davis version of The Champs because of what he did to New Orleans. So I get that pettiness and how you feel. But as years go by, the it should be less. If if Dame is your greatest trailblazer of all time, that's that's awesome. I I I can see that argument. I see the argument for Clyde, and I see the argument for Bill. We, we we've discussed this, but you don't have to say Dame's my favorite because Clyde did that. Like Dame should be your favorite because of what Damian did, right? On his own accolades, on his own accomplishments, him building roots in Oregon can be a reason why he is your favorite but i mean to go to address something that i think you said earlier before we went on this tangent about uh clyde versus dame 
I think that we have underrated Damian Lillard because we've done this podcast for eight years. I think we talked about CJ more. I think we talked about Nurk more. We've talked about Aminu probably more. He's just been so consistent and good that we kind of took it for granted and not talk about like, you know, those first segments are like, I should have done Josh Hart first. I, you know, we talked about how to get Jeremy and Yusuf more involved in the offense. So in a way, I think we do undersell him on this podcast because it should be the time we complained about CJ not passing should be how good Dame is or, you know, involving Nurk or when Nurk wasn't good, you know, we complained about that, but you know, Dame has been so good for so long. So it's like, yeah, he's great. Let's move on to some people that aren't. So, you know, I mean, we've kind of documented that that thought process of Dame being so good that we haven't talked about him as much. I think that's 100% accurate. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean it, 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 it's it, it's still on the internet about us talking, bitching about, you know, who, you know, the people that have flaws in their game or, you know, have more glaring flaws in their game compared to Damien. But I mean, it's great that he got it. I, I think that he deserves it. I hope he gets the assist record too. He should have the he I mean for how good he's been, he should have the all of the all-time records for the, the things that he can attain. I, I I'm actually very proud of Dustin for how he's handling everything. I don't know if he's actually in the room right now, but I'm very proud of how Dustin is acting as a dad. So, I mean, all the props in the world for him to uh, do this podcast when he has a newborn. It's a very awesome thing that he's doing. All right. I got to feed this baby real quick. We've got two games we're going to predict. I'm Warriors this on, time out. So don't, Warriors don't... on the 30th, Pistons at home on the second. When do you want to uh, do this again? Do you want to make Thursdays our day or do you want to? It's just kind of whenever we can yeah, make totally. it work. Yeah. Um, you are ahead of me. I'm 22 and 12. You're 23 and 11. I've got Blazers losing in Golden State and beating the Pistons. The Warriors feel like the Jerry Sloan Jazz unbeatable at home, but just absolute trash on the road. And even without Steph, they clearly are a good team. They handled the, the Grizzlies on Christmas Day. Um, the Pistons, without Cade Cunningham, they're definitely going for for Wembenyama. Um, they, they will need to rebound the basketball. Jalen Duren and Isaiah Stewart are fantastic. That's a lot of beef down there. It's a lot of beef, beef stew. Um, but I think the Blazers uh, find a way. So I've got them going one and one. What I'm going to a no. I, I mean, feed the baby. I'll talk. Um <laughs> Hey, if this is how it has to go, I will gladly do it. I enjoy this podcast very much. So um, I'm going with the in that Warriors game. It's so, uh, you know, we saw what they can do as like they're 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 motivated. They want to win this game. They have some some weird beef with the Memphis Grizzlies, you know, like with Clay Thompson calling Jaron Jackson Jr. a bum and then all of this like back and forth. They were very motivated for this game. I don't think they have that motivation with the Portland Trailblazers. I mean, they lost Steph Curry, who honestly is having his best year as a pro uh, before he got hurt. He was shooting more efficiently. He was rebounding the ball at a high clip. He was assisting. Like he got his, he got stats and he was improving. Clay and uh, Draymond, while while, uh, Steph was in his greatness, was kind of, kind of uh half stepping and you know with Andrew Wiggins probably being out for another week like the team isn't as good as it once was with Jordan Poole like his usage rate is higher than than Stephen Curry uh even when he was you know at at his peak this year uh Poole has the ball more like they're just dependent on him um the reason that the warriors are so so bad this year is like they had such a good starting unit it's one of the best starting units in the game but you replace Steph with Jordan Poole it's obviously going to go down and their benches is awful I mean the Raptors took Otto Porter Otto Porter Jr we took Gary Payton the second and then they didn't really get any talent replacement there's Moses Moody who is hot and cold they have they have uh Wiseman who you know has been spent in the G League and really isn't getting much playing time um Jonathan Kuminga has, I think he's only had one good half of basketball when he's, 
gotten a lot of playing time. So I th- I think the Blazers actually win because of how bad this Warriors team is, and they don't really have that inspiration to play well. And then with the Pistons, obviously, Cade Cunningham being out is going to be humongously detrimental for them doing well. And I believe Killian Hayes will also be out because of the fight with the Orlando Magic. I think he got three. Yeah, he got three game suspension. Yeah, so I don't think he'll actually be there for that particular game. And then um, in in <laughs> I was about to say in the meantime, between time, but uh, Bo, Bogon, Bojan Bogdanovic, the, the the Pistons player, has been putting up some amazing stats. Jalen Duran's with Marvin Bagley has been the starter and getting like a, a shitload of rebounds. Um, B Stu's a really good defender. Like to see someone that big and that strong be able to move his feet and guard guard uh, wings and big man. He, he's really shown that he was a good defender. And I mean, like I remember us saying that he wasn't really built for this generation of basketball, but since he developed the three and is improved his defense especially against guards. He actually is, but I, I'm assuming Marvin Bagley's out. So this pushes Duran, which I think is a going to be a problem because Yusuf is, I don't think he, he's just not as fluid as Jalen Duran, who is like one of the most fluid athletes, but we just have so much more talent. Like I think Corey Joseph has to be the point guard. It, it's going to be like, <laughs> Yeah, I think we're just going to win on our guards and our skills. So I think it's going to be a two and a week. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> see, see, seeing Dustin get the bottle ready is a very funny uh, to me thing to be when I'm trying to talk about basketball. But I'm very, again, very proud of him. It's awesome. But we will be back to do some more Holy Backcourt content. I don't know exactly when we will be doing that, but we will definitely be making appearances. Um, um if it's if, if it's going to be a little wait so he can get used to having a newborn i might try and get some podcasts out there for you just talking about the games but um we've, i definitely want to thank everybody for listening um we're available on itunes stitcher himalaya podcast everywhere where you get your podcast we will be there and uh leave a five star good review it really does help the algorithm and Go Trailblazers, even though this was kind of a uh, more negative spinning podcast. At least you heard me rap. And, uh, you know, it, uh, if we can get that defense right, a lot of things will change positively for this Portland Trailblazers team. But uh, peace out, everybody. Uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Wherever you may be, this is Bill Shinley. Good night, everybody. Let's go!